Welcome to Why Gifts Matter from the Core Gift Institute, a series of conversations spanning helping professions, spiritual traditions, and community encouragers who believe that knowing your gifts and giving them is an essential part of living a full life and creating healthy communities. Find out more about us at www.coregift.org. Hi, I'm Bruce Anderson from the Core Gift Institute. In this episode of Why Gifts Matter, we're talking with Jeff Mills, a community organizer in his hometown of Mississippi Mills, Ontario, outside of Ottawa, Canada. Jeff comes from a family legacy that believes strongly in the power of families and communities to work together to get things done. He now works out of Mills Community Support, an organization that provides help to folks in his region, particularly people who are aging and also people with disabilities. In community organizing terms, he's a gap worker, constantly being in the messy and possibility-filled middle between neighborhoods, people who have asked for help, and the formal helping and government organizations in his community. He is relentless in following the primary principle of asset-based community development, which says to look first to the abundant relationships and capacity of local people before going elsewhere for help. If we look at our communities through that lens of, of that positive, appreciative lens of what we've got, all of the problems we have are, are easily overcome in our communities. I, I know some communities struggle more than others, but the answers are always there. It's not, they don't need to come from outside. They don't need to come often. They don't need to come, and I don't want to sound Pollyanna-ish, but they don't need to necessarily always come with a lot of money. Money is money is great to have, but I don't go look for it. I go look for people who who care and can and can buy into a vision or can offer a vision and work on it. If you want to walk with Jeff through his town as I've done, get ready to take your time. There are many of those. Oh, just give me a moment, would you? He says as he stops along the way to check in on the countless projects he's connected to. And then there are the stops for chats with neighbors all along the sidewalk. What I noticed about Jeff right away is that he is intensely alert to relationships and possibility, while all the while being relaxed and joyful. He's always giving credit to everyone else, but he hasn't always been successful in doing that. He's been awarded the Queen's Golden and Diamond Jubilee Medal and the Mississippi Mills Cultural Volunteer Award for his community work. Let's talk to Jeff. Good morning, Jeff. It's nice to talk to you this morning. I was eager to get on the phone with you and and uh, do this bit because you, of uh, most all the people I know, have really, uh, for years now, lived at the intersection of gifts and community building, and you've you've really taken it to heart. And so, uh, I think people will be really interested in what you've got to say. Sure, hope so. It's nice to hear your voice, Bruce, and it's great to do this. So why don't we why don't we start? Um, I know you've spent some time reflecting on the primary gift that you're trying to bring to the world. So why don't we start by you just uh, um, telling us what that is, and we'll start the conversation from there. Sure. My core gift is helping others to build loving communities. I give it by helping people remember we feel most healthy when we belong, being sensitive so we can be in tune with others and ourselves inspire people to take action 
and learn acceptance along the way. Wow. So thinking back, when did you start to see that gift beginning to emerge in you? What were the first clues that that's what your life was going to be about? Wow. Um, I don't know. I, I was just recently interviewed about leadership, and and uh, I suppose I've you know been a community leader, and I just kind of quash that down. I don't I don't sort of go there, but I've always loved helping to put people together for community good. So um, I was fortunate to get the job that I have now. About 10 years ago, my boss at the time saw in me a, a natural asset-based community developer and, and actually built a position around my skill set. And um, I started practicing. And even though I'd been doing it uh, without thinking about it, I, it became delivered. I was being paid to be a community developer in a social service agency. So, and he was a great mentor, so I, I learned a lot from Mike Coxon and and uh, how to how to do my work, but to be more intentional with it. Um, I always sort of thought I knew what my core gift was, and I always wanted to go through the process with you and others. And uh, I needed to do that. I really needed to go through the process, and I learned what I what I always knew, but I could then articulate it and um, and grow into it and it was a, a great process mm-hmm mm -hmm. so why did you say you needed to go through it um, if you were just going about your daily business and and doing the work you know you needed to do why did why did you need to go through that uh, process of trying to clarify and really nail it down one of the one of the exercises in the core gift uh, experiences learning about loyal so soldiers and I think that we all have those those are the you know the ear bug that keeps telling us that we're not good enough we're not pretty enough we're not smart enough and and learning about that process as it relates to the gift that I have um, was really invaluable I, you know I often have felt I describe myself as a high functioning introvert. So here I am in a job in community trying to hopefully build a better community by engaging with people. And I'll tell you loyal soldiers will come up saying, you know what, are, are you really qualified to be doing this? Do you have what it takes to, to actually bring people together, convene and, and build community? And um, going through that process and being able to say, this is really who I am. This is at the core of, of my being. Um, it was very empowering. And, it, I, and I think it offers, looking at those loyal soldiers, I think it offers some forgiveness to yourself that, that you know, none of us are perfect. You've got this incredible gift. Use it. What you're saying sounds like it fits great with the, the messiness of building community you know nothing ever is never is clean nothing is ever perfect and we 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 stumble ahead doing the best we can uh, trying to do trying to do good work um, so what 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 nourishes your gifts and, and makes them thrive what does it take to be in an environment where your gifts are are really thriving and growing and, and you're fully giving them just 
seeing people come together. You know, I'm thinking about this morning, I had a very busy day. I had to start at the garage with a flat tire across from a restaurant where I was meeting a municipal councillor and we're trying to do some work, citizen engagement work with tenants in a building that our agency owns and we've and that there's been some problems and and it's it's going out and, and talking to people, having those cups of tea, those conversations and with that framework of of where I'm coming from with my own core gift, I feel like I can do this. I don't know what the answers are and I know that it's going to be messy as hell. And it's the nature of community development work. Um, on Saturday, we started building a shed, and I have people that I identified as wanting to help. And one guy is kind of knows everything. Another guy is an engineer, and he was concerned about having a plan. We have to. It's only an eight by twelve shed, but he wanted drawings. He wanted all of this stuff in place. And when you work in community, you don't necessarily have the end in you know, laid out for you. It's a journey. Um, I'm a big fan of, of um, Hilde Gottlieb's three questions, um, building the, what's, what, creating the future.com. And it's like, what do you want the world to look like? Um, who else matters? Who else cares, I should say? And what do we have together that none of us has on our own? So you never know what the recipe is going to be until you ask, like, you know, what do we want this shed to look like? or what do we want this project? How do we want it to envelop? Um, who who else cares? And that's the big one for me is yeah, I don't do my work in isolation. I do it with people, and I'm and and I'm fortunate in working in a small rural community. I kind of know the people who care, who who have skills and gifts that I can tap into, and mm. I feel like a painter with lots of colors on the palette and, and people want to give their gifts. So you, you uh, ask them and they get involved. And it's, that's for me, um, when you get someone who sees kind of the vision, they'll line up behind you and, and, and take it forward. Then I can step back a bit, but it's wonderful when people line up around a common good. So when you're working in community and you're doing organizing and you're making stuff happen, I notice you you use the word gift rather than strength or ability or capacity. Or So why are you choosing that word over all the other words that describe people's abilities and what they could do? One of the things that it's just in its infancy that I'm working on, after, after doing the, uh, a pilgrimage, and uh, the core gift work and discovering my own core gift, I thought this is a real tool for community development and community developers. Um, and getting to that, getting to that point with other people, like I know what their skill. When I use gift, I, often I think I'm probably thinking about their skills, and you know that they're not going to get engaged if they're just going to share, you know, the, their accountancy skill that they couldn't care about. But if you can get down to that basis of, of tapping into their core gift, you know that you can go, take a project really far. So when you get up in the morning and and uh, you're thinking about this passion you have and this gift you have for bringing people together, um, every day doesn't always go as smooth as you want. So how, how have you found yourself uh, getting in a bit of trouble with that core gift? I think where I get into trouble is I is I 
I have such an appetite and only a certain size plate and I tend to put too much stuff on my plate. And um, then I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm less uh, effective in the work that I do. I have to be careful there. And I have to be careful as well as a community developer. You can, you can end up owning projects and that's not the purpose of a community developer is you can have vision and you can help start something, but you really have to have the people who care uh, behind it and it can't be imprinted on you or you end up owning it till you die. And mm -hmm. that's not what I'm trying to do. And I, I, as I get older, I'm not a young guy anymore. And I, and I have to realize that at some point um, I need to pass on my job to someone else and maybe work at it as a volunteer or work at it in a more limited capacity. I need to make sure those things that I start actually get through to fruition. And I have a few of those projects that I'm working on now that I'm really wanting to say, okay, you got to launch and away you go. So I know you have a lot of living examples of of uh, ways that you've brought people together with their gifts and, and created things in your community. So, and I know, I know one of those stories is that I think you're still involved in working on is the community oven. I'm wondering if you could kind of start at the beginning, and you're a storyteller, so do the brief version, Jeff. Okay. Of, uh, of how, kind of how it started and the interconnections with people and what different people did and just how it began to, 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 to really come alive. I was doing some work in a, in a local park, and it all started um, with a, a young woman who – had a disability and she was leaving our um, one of our apartments and moving into an apartment close to the park she wanted to play in the park her mom found it kind of a dangerous place so we um, pulled some folks together in the neighborhood and and started doing some work in that park we had to uh, work with the municipality to get authority to do that and it's been a wonderful journey I met uh, John Guido, who I think you know uh, from L'Arche, and he stopped in one day and talked about the wood-fired ovens in, in Toronto. And, and I thought, wow, what a wonderful tool of bringing people together around food. And the, the fact that it takes you three or four hours to fire it up, it helps people to slow down a little bit and, and be grateful for the heat of the oven and the food that we're going to cook and, and what we're doing. It's a great tool to teach cooking and it's a wonderful way we've got people now that are starting a bread baking co-op with the oven and they're just doing it i don't you know i know that they're meeting coming up but i don't have to be directly involved the tool is built and it's it's up and running it's it's great so we you know i pulled together a, a fellow i know sean mckenzie who's a a stonemason, and he had built one for his backyard. He was quite keen. We then um, reached out in the community to see who would take a course on how to build one, and they actually paid $100 each and worked over a number of weekends to help build it. And um, we managed to fund it with not a lot of money and some donated materials, and it was a great journey um, to get to where we are. It's along a recreational trail, a former uh, rail line, and I'm fielding emails today that folks in Carlton Place who are in the next community, they're, thanks to our example and our prodding, are going to build one starting this week. So 
will now have an interplay between two communities where we can have bike rides and and um, a bit of food tourism and and just um, interrelationship between two communities around bread and pizza and food and uh, it's just a, a lovely community meeting place we've partnered with a local library it's on their land um, the fire department had never seen one before the building department said it's less than 108 square feet so you don't need a permit and we've just worked our way through and we're dealing a little bit with insurance issues but we're working together as a community to sort all this stuff out so it just brings people together around food and community and i'm most uh happy about it it's a it's a great initiative and we've got uh, we've got a local wood supplier who gives us free wood and we have um, a group home for persons with intellectual disabilities right across from where his wood lot is and those people are hired to bring wood from the country to the oven and we pay them for their delivery of the wood and just engaging as many people we've got a movie that's happening we're showing the princess bride and doing a fundraiser for the youth center, using the oven and serving pizza to community members. So it's a great way to bring diverse groups together. We've got a little bit of funding. We're actually going to do three thank you events coming up. One is to thank the fire department because they were really gracious and they're a volunteer fireman that um, keep us safe. And we wanted to thank them their contribution to our community. We have another one. We have a lot of artists in, in Elmont. So we're wanting to do a thank you to the artists in our community that bring such vitality to our community. And the third one is a thank you to farmers who feed us. And we're most grateful for those people that toil on our behalf so we get food. Hmm. Wow. So how is your thinking about gifts uh, changed over the years as you get older and look back on some of the work you've done and think forward. How is how is your how you think about gifts and how you define gifts? What's what's changed about that? I think initially I, I saw it as a useful tool, and now I see it as much more foundational. That um, it's it's a you know like all of the community development work I do it takes time and I can see this this shift I certainly have seen it from that idea like McKnight and the abundant community from from a community of need to a, a community with abundance and I think that I just I've often thought about what we've got in our community I just had a, a coffee meeting with a former sociology prof from Carleton University who's helping us and you know and from from someone like that who who uh, speaks at conferences around the world to people who 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 care and come and put tents up when we have our five Wednesday music concerts in the park who just I know I can count on them and they and that they share what they've got to give um, it's brilliant. I just, I just think that we are blessed if we look at our communities through that lens of, of that positive, appreciative lens of what we've got. All of the problems we have are, are easily overcome in our communities. I, I know some communities struggle more than others, but the answers are always there. It's not they don't need to come from outside. They don't need to come 
often they don't need to come. And I don't want to sound Pollyanna-ish, but they don't need to necessarily always come with a lot of money. Money is money is great to have, but I don't go look for it. I go look for people who who care and can and can buy into a vision or can offer a vision and work on it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how do you, you're, you're, uh, you, you've got an interest in getting something started or you know somebody who's trying to get something started and you're trying to be an encourager. How do you notice people's gifts versus their skills? How do you, one of the, you know, one of the ideas around gifts is that people are much more motivated to give their gifts than their, than their skills. And um, so every community organizer I know is interested in that distinction because there's more chance people are going to get energized and engaged and stick with it for the long haul if they're using their gifts. So how do you notice gifts in people versus just things they can do? Sort of the process I use with people when I think that they might get engaged with something or I, I just know that I want to meet them. I, I'm not afraid to invite people for a coffee or a tea and just have a conversation. And you can discover pretty quickly um, what really people are passionate about. And you can kind of, I hate to use the word slot them in, but you, you, you get to know and have frank conversations. That, that conversa- I like one-on-one conversations with people because you can... Um, you can just get down to brass tacks and, and talk to people about what's important to them, and you and they they kind of lay it out for you. And I, you know, I'm getting better at asking the right questions when I'm with people. If I think that someone might be interested in a particular project, I'll, I'll be fairly blunt and, and say, you know, is this something that interests you? And you can tell those that are going, well, yeah, maybe to those that are enthusiastic and you know that you're touching on something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've noticed sometimes when I'm trying to make that distinction, when people start talking about their gifts there, they start talking a little bit faster and their, the, the pitch of their voice elevates a little bit. They're clearly more engaged when they're talking about gifts than they are all the other things that they can do in their lives. It's a real creative um, interplay. You know, when people see that you're kind of co-creating, or you're, you know, you're, you, you, I don't necessarily go with a, with a completed grand vision or something. I, I, I want to collaborate. So when they see that there's space in it, for them to, to, to be creative and share their gift, you can tell when they're, when they're doing it. And often mm-hmm. with people, you if you know them for a while, you kind of really know um, them a little deeper and and what they really have to, what they really need to give, and that's their core gift. Yeah, yeah. I know it's, you've done a lot of. I know you've done a lot of 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 work and made a lot of effort to get people who maybe traditionally more on the outskirts of community, people with intellectual disabilities or people as they get older. So you must, you a person like you must see that your community is having just piles of untapped, both capacity and joy, just kind of in, in on the outskirts. Oh, so much, so much. And, and what I 
come up with or come up against, I think, often is that sort of institutional thinking of, of you know, these people. We need to get them there, but they don't have much to offer or that kind of we go we go up against that all the time. Those people are impoverished. So what do they have to give? Those people have a disability. So what do they have to give? And it's, um, you know, they, they don't come out and say it, but they do it. In, they do it in how they interact. And mm-hmm. that's a, you know, when you're when you're given money from the government to care for people, that's first and foremost, you have to make them safe and and shelter them and feed them. And um, often people, you know, they need much more than that. We all need much more than that. So we have to be creative in how we how we make sure that they get an opportunity to contribute. And it's mm-hmm. it's so much it's so much better. Like I I can remember a conversation I had with a friend of mine at one of our music events and he came up to me and whispered to me and he said, "No idea. There were so many people with disabilities in our community." And and I said, "You know what? They don't get invited out very often." And it and it's what that exercise for five Wednesdays in July concert series is it doesn't matter, you know, if you're gay or straight or, or a person of color or a person with a disability, it's just everybody and everybody has a ball. And it's mm-hmm. so nice to see that. And we need more of that in the community. Instead of segregating people and labeling people, we just need to, we need to celebrate the citizens because we're fortunate we're really fortunate, and we can't yeah. ever forget that. Yeah, yeah. So I know community organizers are interested in the bigger picture and often have great visions both for their community and humanity. So, and it, it borders on um, on um, on a spiritual idea, the idea of gifts. It's one way to get into it. You can get into gifts from a neuroscience perspective and from a community organizing perspective and from a learning perspective. So is there any is there any part of gifts for you that has to do with how you think about spirituality? I don't know. I've been thinking a lot about climate change of late and, and how we relate with our environment. And um I don't know. I don't know how to answer that, Bruce. That's a that's a difficult one for me. I I know that people are searching or peace in their lives. And I know in my own life, my core gift statement, it helps give me that in so much as I I feel that I have a more purposeful life, knowing and being able to articulate um, why I was brought onto this planet. And I, uh, yeah, I think when more people have that opportunity to kind of know that um, they are valued and they have this this poor gift that's always been with them that they've been giving but maybe not recognizing. Once you recognize it, you 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 come to a level of peace, and I think that's what we're all looking for: is we live these hectic lives where we are stressed, and it gives us a place of reflection that. Um, can calm us down and and just make us smile. Mm. Mm. Boy, what a great way to come to the 
to the end of this conversation, Jeff. It's so full of hope what you're saying. Is there is there anything you didn't get a chance to say? It's a it's a marvelous journey, and when we can find that journey, uh, the earlier we can find it, the longer we can relish it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I came to my work fairly late. Not that I wasn't doing meaningful work, but it was it was nice to get to that point of intentionality where I where I it fit with who I am and and understanding who I am a little better, and that's. Uh, got a lot of value for me. Yeah, yeah. All right, we've come to an end here, Jeff. I really appreciate the time with you and the thoughtfulness and your your feelings about it. And and um, um, you're just a spectacular example of a, of a great community organizer and a provoker of gifts. So thanks. Thank you, Bruce. Thank you for listening. To hear more podcasts, explore our gift library, or learn about our training opportunities, visit us at www.coregift.org.